Hello and welcome. I'm Eric. And I'm John. And this is the Wikipedia Chronicles. podcast where we start with a random article, explore it, then follow the links and see where it takes us. John, what is your starting article today? Mine is a football player, guy by the name of Lusica Ramon Polite. Hmm. Uh, he's an American football fullback. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What do you have, Eric? Well, I have a politician named Young Kim. Like, um, <laughs> young, young, like, lady? Or, like, young as in, like, Young Lean, the rapper from Sweden? That rap, that weird is rap it? crew with those weird YouTube videos and the, that those, like, Japanese characters and those bad, bad 3D models of Pokemon in the, in the rap videos. <laughs> the kid's, like, 16. Like, that kind of young. It's... As in childish girl named Kim. You could just say the latter, Eric. That's that's what that was. I suppose. <laughs> could have done a lot of things, man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, it might not be the same spelling. What is it? Is it is it like J U N G or? It is Y O U N G. Oh, so it is like we babe. I am. Yep. Hmm. What are they a politician of? Well, oddly enough, an American politician. Wait, what? Serving in the California State Assembly. Hmm. A Republican representing the 65th district, encompassing parts of northern Orange County. Oh, some rest of the development stuff. This is actually pretty recent. Um, assumed office in December of 2014. Hmm. Well, you know what? We haven't really gotten the chance to talk about American politics too, hmm. too much, I don't think. True. Why don't we go with that? Okay. No, I mean, the article is a little bit of a stub, <laughs> yeah. but it is still a good starting point for us to get to look into the state politics of California. Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I pretty much said the entire article already. So shall we go to California State Assembly, or... Yeah, that seems like a good place to go. Otherwise, it's just either Orange County, and we don't really want to stick to a ge- geographical location yeah. if we don't have to. We've done a lot of lot of geography, not willingly. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia has bestowed that gift upon us. There's also a strange link to the history of Korean Americans in Los Angeles. <laughs> okay, well that no, that one's actually a really relevant topic. I think that'd be it's, interesting to go to. I mean, yeah. we can do either. Out to you. Um, I mean, I'm just kind of interested to see what. Cause that's so specific. Oh, it's sad, man. <laughs> I know, I know a little bit about it, but I would like to let Wikipedia do the talking and also inform people out there who may not know, because mm. you know, it's a it's an important issue, and I think it flies under the radar a lot. Mm. All right, let's let's check out that then. history of Korean Americans in Los Angeles. Well, it says there are there's a significant. 
Korean American population in Los Angeles. You don't say. <laughs> As of 2008, Greater Los Angeles doesn't just have a significant, but it has the largest Korean community mm. in the United States, with about 60,000 ethnic Koreans. Wow. Now, it, along with Greater New York City, is one of two principal areas of Korean settlement in the United States, and the number of ethnic Koreans in Greater Los Angeles is 15% of United States' corporate Korean-American population. Oh, it's a pretty big amount. That's a decent chunk. Well, get, yeah, it gets pretty specific. Uh, it says Korean community was centered in the Bunker Hill area. Hmm. A community designated as a place where non-whites were allowed to live. Oh, okay. Well, that, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> uh, from 1900 to the 1920s. And this first wave of immigrants worked as truck farmers, domestic workers, waiters, and domestic help. And the Korean United Presbyterian Church was established on West Jefferson Boulevard in 1905. And then a Korean community developed around the church. Now, the Bunker Hill community housed the Chang Ho An residence, which served as a community center and a guidance, lodging, and community support center for new Korean immigrants. The community housed grocery stores and the offices of the Korean National Association Los Angeles branch and the Young Korean Academy. In the 1930s, the Korean population shifted to an area between Normandy and Vermont streets and the Jefferson Boulevard area. This Korean area, which became known as the Old Koreatown, was in proximity to the University of Southern California. And by then, the first generation of Korean immigrants had children who lived around the Old Koreatown. Hmm. Yeah, that looks like the 1950s. Uh, Los Angeles received a second wave of Korean immigrants resulting from the Korean War. And the children of the first generation of immigrants gave birth to the next generation. And after the passage of the Hart Seller Act in 1965, Korean immigration increased again. And then after the Watts riots in 1965, many Koreans began to move moving to suburban communities and then in 1970 the Koreans in Los Angeles and Orange Counties made up 63% of the total number of Koreans in the United States so yeah and then it says modern Korea town is located um, on Olympic Boulevard that's where the major uh, community Korean community was at that time hmm So it's gone from being made up of uh, 63% of the total Koreans in the United States down to 15. So obviously, like, that was kind of like... Orange County was kind of the hopping-off point for Koreans emigrating to the United States. And it's not like they got any less populous in that area. It's just they got more populous elsewhere. They moved elsewhere. They spread out over time. But there was, like, you can can see that they were not content in any one given place. They wanted Mm -hmm. to move around. Uh, And that's that's not... uh, a whole lot of time. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm in saying. Forty it's years, it you know seems to have like really bloomed a lot. Yeah, gone elsewhere. So, 15 percent of the total populace of Korean Americans in one place is impressive, but it's apparently either 
really, really lessened there or gotten way bigger elsewhere. Mm. Either way, it's impressive. I think that's a huge yeah. that's a huge difference for 40 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here that the Korean community, and this is what I was talking about earlier, about the part that's kind of downplayed about the importance of Korean history in uh, the context of Los Angeles, was that the uh, Korean community was severely affected by the 1992 Los Angeles riots. Uh, one Korean-American civilian, Eddie Lee, died in the rioting. Um, but that isn't the main loss. The main loss was that over $400 million worth of damages occurred, including the destruction of over 2,000 businesses owned mm. by ethnic Koreans because as a result a of the lot. 1992 uh, riots, uh, for whatever reason, um, mostly because of a kind of trickle-down effect of racism, mm. uh, most of the riots took place gradually more and more in Koreatown. More and more businesses were subjugated mm. to crime during that time than any other neighborhoods. Mm. And um, it, it was kind of sad to see that like, <laughs> the racism of cops against the African-American community became the racism of the African-American community against the Koreans. <laughs> it was, but... Um, it was a really, it was a really terse situation. Hmm. Uh, lots of loss from people who were just trying to, you know, go about their daily lives. Most yeah. members of the Korean community refer to them, uh, refer to the riots in Korean as the four two nine riot or the Sai Gu Oktong. The naming follows the integer naming schemes of political events in Korean hmm. history. After the event, many Koreans moved to the suburbs in Orange County and to the Inland Empire counties, Riverside and San Bernardino. Since then, investment occurring in Koreatown caused the community to rebuild. So it was good in that they were still able to come back from it, but yeah. it's still like <laughs> if you've there's a lot of really good like documentaries and video footage out there if you're interested about the 1992 uh Los Angeles riots, which I think you should be given what's been going on in America right now. Yeah. Um, check it out. They are worth looking into. Mm. And it kind of does... It's horrifying, but uh, yeah. worth looking at. Very similar to, if, but definitely worse than Ferguson, for example. Mm. Yeah, and then uh, in 2014, a Japanese group requested the removal of a memorial statue of the Korean comfort women in World War II from an area in Glendale, California, which sparked controversy. And a federal judge dismissed the lawsuit for the statue's removal and was met with support by Los Angeles City Council. And the Korean Glendale Sister City Association and the Korean American Forum of California. And um, it was as part of a large-scale effort to raise international awareness of the comfort women's plight. I don't know exactly what comfort women of World War II is. Mm, I mean, could be any number of Could you infer? (laughs) I mean, yeah, there is is a, a, uh, you know... If you really want to, it's a link, Eric. We can click that if you want to go there. I mean, your 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 wife's right over there. Like you don't, you sure you really going to go to Comfort Woman? Is that the link you want to choose? Can uh, not going to be sitting on. Can them. take a guess. Yeah. On what it is. We don't. We don't. I mean, we can. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not banning it. I well, mean, there there's a, a plethora of links in here. There are a plethora. Country, so, like ethnic enclave. 
<laughs> or, I mean, we can go to the 1992 riots. There's a couple acts in here. The Heart Cellar Act and the Watts Riots. Mm. Uh, those two things, I don't I don't know what the Watts Riots are. Based on them being in the 60s, I can kind of take a guess. <laughs> um, but the Heart Cellar Act in 1965, I don't know what that is. Hmm. They're selling hearts. They're heart sellers. <laughs> Kidding. It's spelled, it's spelled different. Like celery hearts. Wait, no. Mm-hmm. Those are spelled like hearts, too. No, like, um... Hmm. <laughs> Heart without an E. And then sellers, like, you know, seller door. Not like somebody who sells things. Right. Anyway. Yes, thanks. They actually have uh, numbers down here. Like population numbers. It says 2008, there were 257,975 Korean Americans that live not just in Los Angeles, but Orange, Ventura, San Bernardino, and Riverside counties. And all of those make up 25% of all Korean Americans. Oh, snap. So Los Angeles alone is 15%, but just the surrounding California area makes up 25%. So That's substantial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that one state has one quarter of all Korean Americans. Ooh, there's a link to something called the Korean Bell of Friendship. Oh, wonder what that thing is. There's also several uh, private schools that are listed. There's also a link to the South Korean Consulate General. <laughs> I guess isn't their embassy, but sounds a lot like an embassy. <laughs> There's also some notable people. There's a Philip Ahn, who's an actor. Not necessarily familiar with his work. I'm just going to bounce over and see what he looks like. Hey, I mean, I know that guy. Hmm. Was he in? He was really early on. Yeah, it looks like 30s and 50s. Apparently, he was on a couple episodes of Mash. Might know him from that. He was also most notable as Master Khan on the television series Kung Fu. Hmm. That makes more sense. Okay. <laughs> it's probably where I've seen him in reruns of that. And there's, there's also Stephen Choi, who's the mayor of Irving, Ca- Irvine, California. And there's Gina and Sonny Han, who attempted murderer, and her sister from Orange County. <laughs> and the aforementioned Young Kim. And there's Grace Lee, who's a film director. And I feel like that name might sound familiar. Maybe. Probably not. Um. Okay, yeah, I don't recognize any of her movies. And then there's Lena Park, who is a singer. Okay, so... Oh, I don't know where to go from here. Me neither, man. There's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of relatively interesting links on this. But, um... We're kind of in a predicament because usually my go-to methodology is when we have a, a situation like this, we go to the most obscure <laughs> link in the article. Um, I do suppose that we do have in some interesting links as far as other ethnicities in the context of Los Angeles. Oh. Hmm. The very top, there's like an entire series of them. We have That's true, yeah. Central Americans, Armenians, Jews, 
Ukrainians. It's a. Uh, it's pretty diverse. I mean, we could check out something a little obscure like Armenians, because I feel like you don't you really, really don't hear about do you? them very much. No, that's, that's true. You know what? Yeah, why not? Let's let's do it. Let's see what there is to say about <laughs> the Armenians in Los Angeles. Well, once again, Los Angeles has a significant Armenian American population. As of 1990, the largest population of Ar- Armenians in the world was not in Arme- that was not in Armenia. Hmm. That's a that's, bigger accomplishment. <laughs> that's huge. Than the Koreans. And now, Annie P. Bakalian, author author of Armenian Americans from Being to Feeling Armenian, wrote that Los Angeles has become a sort of mecca for traditional Armenianness. <laughs> And since 1965, and as of 1993, the majority of immigration of ethnic Ameri- Armenians—it's really hard. It to, looks like Americans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the majority of immigration of ethnic Armenians from the so- former Soviet Union have gone to the Los Angeles area. Hmm. Wow, they—they they got very specific. The apparently the first Armenian in Los Angeles arrived in around 1900. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, in the pre-1920s, there was a wave of Armenian immigration due to Armenian genocide during the Ottoman Empire. There was a lot of violence going on. And then most of the early Armenian settlers to Los Angeles were known as Turkish Armenians from the area now included in Turkey. There were an estimated 2,500 to 3,000 Armenians in Los Angeles in 1923. Now, some Armenian families had settled in the Los Angeles area even starting in the late 19th century. Uh, In 1889, brothers John and Moses Pashgian opened their oriental rug business in Pasadena. Hmm. Now, by the mid-1920s, more Armenians were settling in the Pasadena area. Uh, in 1924, the Varujan Club was founded by 20 young Armenians to organize Armenian cultural and social events, and during this period, the Armenian General Benevolent Union, or the AGBU, and the Compatriotic Reconstruction Union of Hajin were founded. By 1933, there were 120 Armenian families in Pasadena. And another wave of immigration to Los Angeles occurred in the 1940s, most Armenians then settled in Little Armenia in Hollywood. Hmm. Now, do you suppose it was called Little Armenia before they settled there, or after there was already a bunch of them settled there? It's kind of hard to say. It said there was 120 Armenian families in Pasadena, but it doesn't really tell us how many there were in that area of California, in Hollywood itself. Said circa 1923, they were they're estimated to be 2,500 to 3,000 Armenians mm. in the city. So, if it was little Armenia, it must have been really little. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then uh, due to the Immigration and Nationality Act of 1965, another wave of Armenian immigration came to Los Angeles, and then the Lebanese Civil War began in uh, 1975 and resulted in Lebanese-Armenians immigrating there. 
So we got a lot of different waves coming over. It seems like there are, and uh, oh, look at that. There's political conflicts that are also catalysts for Iranian Armenians and Egyptian <laughs> Armenians to settle in Los Angeles. Armenians have a country, right? There is an Armenia, right? As far as I know, Armenia is an actual country and not, like, I don't know. But they're everywhere. They're all yeah. over the place. They're not, in any, they're not in Armenia. They're everywhere but Armenia. I half expect Armenia at this point to be occupied by, like, you know, Germans or something weird. Yeah. Uh, approximately 9,500 Armenians came to the United States in 1979 and 80, and most settled in Hollywood. In 1987, as part of Glasnost, the Soviet Union began approving the for exit visas for Armenians wishing to emigrate to the United States to reunite with relatives. And as a result, from October 1987 through March 1988, another 2,000 Armenians arrived in Los Angeles County alone. That March, county officials were expecting an additional 8,000 Armenians to arrive. The county officials stated that the expected immigration of 10,000 Armenians from the Soviet Union was the single largest arrival of an ethnic group mm-hmm. after the late 1970s Vietnamese immigration. Some Los Angeles area Armenian leaders believed that increased settlement in the United States would dilute the Armenian presence in the Soviet Union and area around Armenia and therefore felt ambivalence. Hmm. This, it says, in 1988, up to 3,000 Iranian Armenians were scheduled to arrive in the Los Angeles area. So I guess they had set up uh, an appointment mm-hmm. to... <laughs> just drop off 3,000 Armenians. <laughs> just going to pick them up from hey, the airport. I just ordered 3,000 Iranian Armenians. Guy goes to the airport, <laughs> holds up a sign, says 3,000 Armenians... <laughs> Sitting at the airport waiting for 3,000 Armenians. He counts through them. There's like two left. He's like, ah, hey, ah, yep. only 3,000. 3,000 <laughs> Armenians. Read the sign, guys. <laughs> we had two on the way over. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Not my issue. Wow. And then it says from 1987 to 89, 90% of Armenians leaving the Soviet Union settled in Los Angeles. Wow. Uh, maybe they just figured, hey, everybody else is going to Los Angeles. Why not? Well, you should have never come to Hollywood. <laughs> and then in 2010, Kobe Bryant of the Los Angeles Lakers signed a two-year endorsement with Turkish Airlines. And because the company is owned by the Turkish government, which the Armenians hold responsible for the unacknowledged 1915 genocide, Armenians in the Los Angeles area and U.S. protested, asking him to give up the contract. By 2014, the Los Angeles area had received additional Armenian (laughs) refugees from Egypt and Syria. Wow. My goodness. This is just an ongoing thing. (laughs) Nobody likes the Armenians except for Los Angeles, apparently. I feel like pretty soon we're going to have the largest Armenian population even in actual Armenia. Yeah, but there just won't be Armenians soon. (laughs) Like, they'll just actually, like, have their own little section in California. They'll start Armenia County. Armenia County in the middle of uh, <laughs> Los Angeles County. Yep. Notable residents of Little Armenia include Rob Kardashian, Chloe uh, Kardashian, hmm. Kim Kardashian, Courtney Kardashian, Robert Kardashian. <laughs> 
Darren Malakian of System of a Down. <laughs> hey. Shavo Odagian of System of a Down. Serge Tankian of System of a Down. <laughs> John Dolman of System of a Down. The whole band. Yep. Oddly enough, they're all Armenian. Hmm. Yeah. I didn't realize that they were all Armenian. They're all Armenian. They actually played a live show in Armenia. Whenever they were trying to get Turkey to recognize the uh, genocide, that uh. they still um, won't. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of hard to deny genocide. Hey, hey, all these people didn't die. No, we didn't do it. it's not. It's no. not. I don't think it's that. I think it's Turkey like being like, listen, listen. We were part of the Ottoman Empire at that point. Like, we weren't Turkey yet. <laughs> Don't blame us. Blame the Ottoman Empire. Like, we're not them. I mean, we're mostly them. I mean, like, we're, like, <laughs> we're the government of the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't, don't focus on that. Like, we're Turkey now. Like, come on. It's in the past. Who cares? <laughs> uh, everybody who died and had family who died. Ah, they're they already all... <laughs> dead. Who cares? No, 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 no. Nobody's... no. <laughs> That's not how that works. Nobody back then is still alive. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It just, but it does seem as though, you know, you hear uh, of a lot of discriminated people groups in the world. But the Armenians, mm-hmm. oh my God, they're coming from every country, <laughs> constantly being kicked out by war, turmoil. They're constantly in a state of exile. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in that region of the world. Do not get me wrong, but <laughs> at the same time, this people group seems like they have been going through hell for the last like 100 years literally yeah. over 100 years now starting in yeah. the beginning of the 1900s uh, during the collapse of the Ottoman Empire after World War One, mm-hmm. all the way through now that's 100 years of these people being displaced from everywhere from everywhere they are and finding home in Hollywood yep <laughs> on Sunset Boulevard uh, only to find out that Tony Danza cuts in line <laughs> 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 sorry I'm sorry this was all like marching towards some sort of like victorious like hooray for the human plight hooray for the human <laughs> fight against uh, uh, you know discrimination and uh, badness and then it just became a system of a down reference <laughs> but you know what that's fine because system of a down is a great band and they're a fantastic Armenian cultural institution mm-hmm. and it's a pretty good voice for them to have I think absolutely. Like maybe they're a new metal band, but who cares? They're they're <laughs> the only good one, and yep. <laughs> uh, you know that's 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 something. Hey, if you're gonna do something, might as well be the best. True that. There's a link here for something called Zanku Chicken. Ooh, that sounds good. I'm also hungry. Let's go there. All right. We haven't checked out Armenian cuisine yet. We've delved into other cultures, but that's a cuisine I don't think I've ever had the chance to partake in, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, if I've had anything that was Armenian, I wouldn't have known it. And I feel as though I probably would have had to have either been in Armenia or in Los Angeles to have had it. So Most um, likely, because that's where all of them are. <laughs> that's true. Yep. Those are the two options we have. Um, this looks interesting, for sure. That looks really tasty, though. Uh, it's very colorful. There's a picture of a Tarna plate here. It doesn't give us a link as to what that is, but... Um, 
It is a dish served at Zanku Chicken, which is a small family-owned chain of Armenian and Mediterranean fast casual restaurants. See, I thought Zanku Chicken was a kind of chicken, like a, you know, specific dish, which maybe it is also. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Okay, well, I'm going to jump down to this interesting thing that caught my eye here. Mm -hmm. January 14th, 2003, after a heated argument... Zanku chicken owner Marduros Iskenderian shot and killed his sister hmm. Zavig Marjik Marjik and his mother Margaret Iskenderian he then took his own life in a double murder-suicide and it is believed that Iskenderian was in the late stages of colon and brain cancer, which might have affected his mental faculties. Wow. That's... Hmm. that's that, yeah, this is the guy that started this restaurant chain. I can't... I don't think... Or maybe he's an owner of a restaurant. Maybe. Um, but it sounds like he's the, the founder. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Oh, okay. Let, let's go back. Let's okay. Go, this is, uh, you know, we've shown the end of the movie. Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, first Zanku Chicken opened in 1962 in the Borj Hamoud neighborhood of Beirut, Lebanon. Whoa, hold on. What? <laughs> Lebanon? You mean like the country so wait, Lebanon? Not... I thought this was in Los Angeles. I'm so confused now. <laughs> I've okay, been displaced. So an Armenian started an Armenian restaurant in Lebanon that eventually became known as a Los Angeles chain. Okay. <laughs> That's, I mean... Okay. It makes sense only in the context of the Armenian people because <laughs> yeah. only they would have a presence in Lebanon and then also Los Angeles and there'd be no intermediary between the two. Yeah. It's just there and now it's there. <laughs> Not there, there. <laughs> okay, so it was started by Varkis Iskandarian and his family. Mm. So it sounds like maybe the other guy was like a descendant... Oh, well, yeah, it had to have been. Mm-hmm. It was 2003. I don't know. Probably like... <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's like the son or something. Let's, let's see. Let's yeah, see yeah, there it is. The chain was established in the United States in uh, 1983 by his okay. son, Mardirios Iskandarian. Okay, so... All right. So he started it in... Or, you know, the original guy started it in Lebanon. And then this guy started it in Los Angeles, made it a thing, and then went crazy and killed his family mm-hmm. and himself. Now, cool thing, uh, which you may not feel like hearing about after hearing about <laughs> the murder, but this restaurant is especially known for its thick paste-like garlic sauce created by Vartka's ri- wife, Markrid. Um... Now, in 1991, the family agreed to divide the business when Mardiros wanted to open additional restaurants. The new restaurants would be owned by Mardiros, while the original Sunset and Normandy store would be owned by his parents and his two sisters, only for his dad to die in 1992. Hmm. 
The chain's expanded to nine restaurants in the greater Los Angeles area. Uh, the second Zanku Chicken opened in Glendale, where there are now two locations, followed by Van Nui, Anaheim, Pasadena, Burbank, and West Los Angeles, as well as a branch in Montebello, opened by the same part of the family that still owns the original Hollywood branch. Hmm. Well, okay, so in the California Court of Appeal case, Iskandarian versus Iskandarian, um, the aforementioned Margaros, his widow Rita, unsuccessfully sought to attain sole control of the Zanku chicken trademark. Wow. <laughs> That takes some... Takes some guts. Yeah. Takes some gumption. Mm -hmm. Some gusto. Some gumbo? I don't know if they make (laughs) gumbo here. Well, they make chicken of some kind. Chicken isn't gumbo. Sometimes. (laughs) Hey, the uh, restaurant was mentioned by Beck. Rhyming Zanku chicken with ripe for the picking. In his song, Deborah. From the album Midnight Vultures. Oh, uh, that one with the weird tight pants on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and this is one I actually have seen. I've actually seen one of these restaurants. <laughs> the music video for Childish Gambino's song Sober from his EP Kawhi was filmed in the original Hollywood location. And I remember watching that video and also hearing him do an interview about making that video and how he was really excited to do that video right there in that location. <laughs> like, for whatever reason, um, Donald Glover really, really enjoys that particular <laughs> Zanku chicken restaurant. He's had this concept for a video in his head for years, and he's just waiting for the right time, the right <laughs> song to like be able to do it. And he was like dancing on like booths and stuff, and they were doing like a light show. And the entire time, the restaurant I'm pretty sure was open. It's, <laughs> it's one of these restaurants that's very open. It has like a really like a glass wall right up against mm. the highway, main downtown highway in Los Angeles, and in Hollywood, I should say. And um, you can see everything that's going on in there, but they like still had customers coming in. And, like, yeah. ordering stuff from the counter while they were filming the video wow. and dancing on the ca- tables and stuff. It was great. Fantastic. <laughs> man, I want some of this chicken now. Me too, man. Me I wish, too. I wish I knew more about it. I do too. I don't know how to get more information specifically on Zanku Chicken other than going to their own website. Hmm. Yeah. kind of interested to go to the link of a uh, list of fast food chicken restaurants. There we go. I mean, that's it's, small. It, it, it's something. Yeah. So uh, chicken. Let's check in on chicken. <laughs> wow, there's a lot. A lot more than I was expecting. Because I don't know if I've heard of a lot of these. So uh, Anchor Bar and Banchan Chicken I have not heard of. I have heard of Buffalo Wild Wings. And there's Chicken Coop, which doesn't even have a link. Aw, oh, man. <laughs> chicken in the Rough. Chicken Salad Chick. Um. <laughs> chicken Shack. Is that like Radio Shack for chicken? <laughs> uh, chicken Way. Coon Chicken Inn. Dude, not cool. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just saying what the list is. Uh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Del Ray's Chicken Basket. Is that, like, owned by Del, what do you think? I think it's owned by Ria's. Mm. But I think it's Ria's Chicken Basket. But Del made sponsored it. by Del, like Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. 
Like Chris used to own it, but now Ruth does. So it's Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Like you gotta have Chris in the name because that's yeah. what's known for. But Ruth owns it now. It's like that. We've also got Duff's famous wings. Mm. Okay. Or they sell Duff beer. <laughs> they, they should. If not, they should. We got Grandy's, Gus's world famous fried chicken, the Halal guys, hmm. Jollibee, Lee's famous recipe chicken, Mayu Ching's bucket chicken house, Ms. P's electric cocked fried chicken. What? <laughs> okay, that's that's what it says. You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you fried chicken that way. I don't know. There's no link, but there's a citation. Yeah, that's, that's true. And the link, <laughs> <laughs> the link is uh, to electriccock.com. <laughs> just, just, just putting that's that out a, there. That's the thing. Mm, yep, that's the name of the thing is Miss Ms. P's electric cock. So yep. there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. Anyway, where were we? Uh, okay. Uh, we on Pollo Tropical. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Poulet and Fr- Prince's Hot Chicken Shack. <laughs> Ranch One, Roscoe's House of Chicken and Waffles. That sounds good. Rastapolios, Saint Hubbard, Scores, Slim Chickens, <laughs> which is a good name. Yes, sir. Smithfield's Chicken and Barbecue, Swiss Chalet, Tip Top Restaurant. Tip Top. <laughs> Gotta go to the Tip Top. White Coffee Pot. White Fence Farm, Wild King, Wild Wing Cafe, and Wingstop. So those are all chicken restaurants. But then, but then there's the fast food restaurants. What? You want to take over these? I got this. Here we go. Now, mind you, not all of these are centered in the United States. Uh, but you're gonna find out real quick. <laughs> Here we go. Al Bake. Al Bake. <laughs> Al-Tazaj, which is, there's a picture of it right over here. It's a two-story oh, yeah. fast food restaurant in Saudi Arabia. Huh. kind of cool. Um, American fried chicken, which I didn't think was an option. I thought we had to go by state here, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, Bacalod chicken in Assel. Bojangles, famous chicken and biscuits. Ooh, they're good. They are good. They're so good. Um, yep. Boston Market, Brown's Chicken and Pasta, Bush's Chicken, California Fried Chicken. <laughs> there we go. Chester's International, Chick Blast, <laughs> Chick Fil A. Which has Dome. two citations for yeah. some reason. <laughs> Needs them. Needs them both. It's that good. Uh, Chicken Cottage, Chicken Delight, Chicken Express, Chicken George, Chicken Hut, <laughs> Chicken Lickin'. Chicken Out Rotisserie, The Chicken Rice Shop, Chicken Shack, Chicken Treat, Chicken Way, Chooks, Fresh and Tasty, Chooks to Go. Wait, what? what? There's two chains called Chooks, C-H-O-O-K-S. I've never heard that word before in my life. And in some region of this world, it looks like it's in a different country. Chooks must mean... It doesn't say where. Uh, 
One of them There's is Australian. And another, Chuck's Fresh and Tasty is Australian. And Chuck's To Go looks like it is, at least the one that's pictured, is definitely in an Asian island country mm. of some sort. Maybe Vietnam? Mm. Oh, Philippines. Philippines, yeah. There we go. So, must be like... Pacific term. Yeah. Generalized, general Pacific term for chicken. Chuck's. Mm. Uh, Church's chicken. Cluck you, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Dixie Lee fried chicken. Dixie chicken. El Pollo Loco. Azel's chicken. Flav's fried chicken. Defunct. Boo <laughs> Sackley's. Foster's Freeze. Golden Chick. Golden Skillet. Guthrie's. Harold's Chicken Shack. Henny Penny. Hillbilly's. Joey Billy. Ooh, one. That, that was pollo. also in the other one. The restaurant. It's both. It's fast food it's and a sit down. Uh, Kennedy Fried Chicken. <laughs> Kenny Rogers Roasters. Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kingsley's Chicken. KLG. Kudu. Kyochan. Los Pollos Hermanos. Hey. There it is. Louisiana Fried Chicken. Mong and Snow. Martin's Barbecue. Mary Brown's, Max's of Manila, Mini Pearl's Chicken, Miss Millie's Fried Chicken, Mrs. Winner's Chicken and Biscuits, Nando's, Noodle Box, Oporto, PDQ, Pelicana Chicken, Pioneer Chicken, Defunct, Pollard's Chicken, Paolo, Campero, based in Guatemala, Poyos, Frisbee, Popeye's, Louisiana Kitchen, Pudgy's, Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers, Red Rooster, Roy Rogers Restaurants, Royal Castle in Trinidad and Tobago, SCR, Southern Fried Chicken, Tasty Fried Chicken, Tavuk Dunayase, Turkish chain with 22 restaurants as of April 2013, most in Istanbul, the name translates to Chicken World, TKK Fried Chicken, Wienerwald, <laughs> Wild Wing Restaurants, Wing Zone, Wing Street, Zanku Chicken, Zaxby's. We're done! <laughs> so why a Wienerwald? Wienerwald! I feel like that has to be... German. German or Austrian? But like German. It sounds like Matt not German. chicken. It's it very much sounds like not chicken. <laughs> sounds like hot dog place. Sounds like Wiener World. Yeah, pretty much. I'm not sure why it, it, it's 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 schnitzel based. Hmm. I guess it's schnitzel. So I guess you could make chicken schnitzel. Yeah, I guess. It had 880 restaurants here, Wiener World. <laughs> Which, by the way, we have since jumped to. Ding noise. <laughs> Wienerwald. Oh, and just so you know, that Los Pollos Hermanos links to Gus Fring. It's not a real <laughs> restaurant. It's still. not a real restaurant it's at all. It's in the chain. But it's like, eh, why not mention it? I guess Cluck You probably isn't a real, a real yeah, one maybe. either. Wouldn't surprise me. Wienerwald. Since two thousand in two thousand seven, Friedrich Jan's daughters Margot Steinberg and Evelyn Peitzner purchased the company, and Wienerwald started a new era. Then in two thousand nine, the first Wienerwald in Turkey was opened in Istanbul, not Constantinople. Oh, so Istanbul, not not Constantinople. Nope. Is that the same place as Constantinople? Yes. Why'd they <laughs> rename Constantinople Istanbul? I don't know. No. 
somebody liked it better that way. Hmm. Well, I know what they say. Wow. I want one of these. I want one of these in the United States again. Hmm. There's some in Germany. There's all. They're all over e- e- Eastern Europe now, but yeah. none back here. 880 restaurants they had at one point. That is a lot. You could have gotten a schnitzel any time of day. <laughs> so it was fr- founded by Frederick Jan, who was born in 1923, died in 1998, and it was founded in Munich. And it rapidly grew up to Europe's largest chain of fast food restaurants with more than 1,600 by 1978. Wow. So that's a lot. Especially in a continent that's not too big on the whole fast food trend. (laughs) Yeah. This would have been right around the time that McDonald's would have been starting in America. But more importantly, this is also around the time that KFC was getting bigger hmm. because by 1978, Wienerwald purchased the 2070, the 273 restaurant Lums chain from former Kentucky Fried Chicken owner John Y. Brown Jr. So it's kind of interesting to see hmm. that even back in the 70s, there was already like KFC in that market. Yeah. Backing out of it. Kind of neat. I like how this one picture uh, from the one in Nuremberg the only picture on here. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's just an apartment building. Yep. Which it's is very unassuming. <laughs> probably is just apartments above the restaurant itself, but it yeah. looks like it's just been it doesn't look like a fast food <laughs> joint. It just looks like yeah. a cafe or something. It's just hiding out in there. Very covert Wiener Vault. <laughs> That's a sneaky Wiener Vault. <laughs> well, I know I'm going to one of these whenever I if I go to Germany. For or sure. Turkey, or Romania, mm-hmm. or Egypt. Mm-hmm. Or maybe one day they'll open up again in the United States. Yes. They were here in force at one point. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can only hope. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite a number of restaurants to have specifically in the United States. Yeah. Is... If you have a total of 1,600 and you have 800 in the United <laughs> States, that's, woof. That's a lot. Yeah, that's. You give up. I mean, that's a good, like, see, how many would that be? I'm trying to think per state, how many? Per state? Well, first you got to not count Alaska, Hawaii, Wyoming, uh, Montana, Idaho, <laughs> um, and uh, the Dakotas. Start from there. So bring your base number for states down to, like, 42, <laughs> and then do your math. I'm sorry, that doesn't make it easier for you. 50 is a nice, <laughs> nice round number. And I know I've left you with kind of a uh, crappy denominator. I'll just make it easy and I'll divide by 10 so that it's 88. Divide by 2 so that it's 44. That can't be right. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not, okay, hold on, hold on. Let's do this again. Wait, wait, wait. 880. Divide by 100 so that it's 8.8. And so then round down multiply to, that round down by two. No, divide by two. No, you don't want to divide right. by two. You're, you're divided by 100. There's not 100 states. You want to divide it by yeah. 50. So if yeah. you divide by 100. But you divide 100 by two to get 50. So right. you divide it again by two, and you get four of them per state. No, no, there's fewer states than 100. You need yeah. 50 is what you want, right? 
Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you multiply 8.8 times yeah. 2, so you get like 16 restaurants per state. That's good. That's, that's a, a pretty. Lot. That's yeah. decent. That means that there would be, like in Pennsylvania, that's like one per county-ish, mm. which seems legit. Yeah. Like, there would be one in, like, York, because York has all those weird fast mm. food chains that nobody else does. So. Probably, yeah, York, Philly, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Those. Um... Probably go to Baltimore if you wanted to. Yeah. But I uh, feel like I've missed mm. out now. Was born There's just no remnants of these at all. I don't even know what they lo- would have looked like. What is one that's <laughs> not inside of a nice, fancy schmancy apartment complex looks like? I mean, like, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? <laughs> Let's see uh, the website. Let's see if they have any other pictures in there. Ooh, they have a picture of the chicken. That's good looking. Mm, chicken. Very strange logo. <laughs> chicken looks like it's a sideways moon. Just some little yeah. straws picking out. Okay, what am I looking for? Restaurants. My Wiener Vault. <laughs> I don't even know why they bother having an English version of this site. <laughs> Wiener Vault new. Maybe we just have to search Google Images. See pictures. Why don't they have a? I wonder why they don't have a Wienerwald in the Brit in the United Kingdom. Hmm. Seems weird. It's right there. Sure, the Brits like their chicken. Hmm. So searching Wienerwald brings up a lot of pictures of just scenery, and like forests what? and stuff. What? <laughs> don't know why. And then there's one of the pictures of inside one of the restaurants. Looks like there's a little oh. phone booth. It looks green in the ones I'm looking at. I looked, I just looked up a Wienerwald restaurant. Oh, I didn't even put restaurant. I just put Wienerwald. It looks really nice in there. Look at this. Yeah. Everybody. It is really nice. There's only a couple of pictures of ones from the outside, though, and they all look like they're built into like far more ancient, ornate buildings Yeah. for the most part. One looks like it might have been a bank at one point. I can see these being the kind of chain they open up in like travel plazas and Amtrak stations, big yeah. ones in big cities like in Philly. Now there you go. They yeah. probably were all over like the highway, mm-hmm. like the interstate. And I would bet seventy six. There were probably littered. quite yeah. a few. I remember. I, I I remember growing up. There were far more rest stops along mm-hmm. along seventy six than there are now. Like they took down a lot of them, so they had to fill them with something. Yeah, it used to be filled with Wiener Vaults, <laughs> but then Wiener Vaults pulled out. I remember my time there were Wiener Vaults as far as the eye could see. <laughs> just Wiener Vaults <laughs> springing up everywhere. You just turn around, and you'll see Wiener Vault. Some of these Wiener Vaults appear appear to have been restaurants and bars. They weren't just fast Ooh. food joints. They were also like casual an idea. beer gardens. Fast food seems slash like, bar. Seems like a very German concept <laughs> to me. Or maybe like a Pizza Hut concept. But I'm going to mm. go with German. <laughs> hmm. well, we have ventured far off the beaten path of Wikipedia <laughs> here. But it's because, you know... It's just something you have to see. Sometimes you just really want fast food chicken. And you want it to be made by Germans instead of by Americans. <laughs> we can check out some of their... Some of their dishes. Ooh, new dishes. Oh, they have shit. Lecker. Wow, this is like a a weird sausage sandwich 
just like they take like two buns and they're just like all right just gonna put some sausages in here <laughs> and that's it it's like <laughs> no this isn't how sandwiches work you need to have a long roll to for the, to nope. accommodate the sausages yeah no nope hamburger bun slapping some do. sausages in there. that's how it's gonna work sausages they have fiery hot red sauce honey mustard or vegetable salsa and they have Wienerwald barbecue sauce mm. okay we gotta we gotta stop we gotta get out of this <laughs> I'm, it's torture now it's torture I, I just can't look at this anymore <laughs> well um maybe then it is a good place to end ah yes so that uh, chicken can be had <laughs> So good. So, yeah, you came from Young Kim Politician all the way to Wienerwald Restaurant. That's an episode. <laughs> Young Kim meets Wienerwald. <laughs> yep, if there's a way, we will always end on some kind of restaurant. Oh, uh, yeah. Mostly because we always get hungry halfway through the article <laughs> and we have to go get food. Um... But yep. yeah, what a delicious way to end the podcast. Absolutely. Seems like a good place to be <laughs> to me. Yep, so if you enjoyed it, visit facebook.com slash podcast. Give us a like and follow. Head over to iTunes, rate and review us. And then you can always find new episodes on our website, twc.erictoribio.com. And I'd like to thank Louis Armstrong for our theme song and the original Indiana 5 for our outro song. Thanks again for joining us. I was Eric. And I was John. And this was the Wikipedia Chronicles. Uh, I'm, I'm, getting like, I'm getting like five, maybe six <laughs> McChickens right now. I don't even care. <laughs> Somebody's got to bring it back. Got to bring the chicken back. Got to bring the, the Wiener Vaults. <laughs> Let my Wieners go. <laughs>